Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to talk about what's near and dear to my heart. I am a marketing person by trade. That's what I love doing. And I love talking with other marketing experts um, about it. And so please join me in welcoming Brandon Cobb to our program today. Welcome, Brandon. How are you? Thank you, Deb. Excited to be here. Excited for our discussion. Looking forward to it. Perfect. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll jump in. So Brandon Cobb joins us today with over 15 years of marketing leadership experience. He has helped some of the world's most iconic brands and is just getting started. He is currently engaged in research that could transform the marketing field while continuing to lead active businesses to further success. Oh my gosh, a short bio. I love it when people have short bios. But Brandon, tell us how it is that you got to where you are today. Yeah. So, you know, started off uh, really in content creation, specifically mm-hmm. filmmaking and, and things like that. Okay. And, uh, and and public relations too, uh, regarding it, it, it all in the entertainment industry. And I think what that does is, is really teaches you how to tell a story, how to persuade people, how to, um, uh, a, a lot of skills that are important to marketing, but they're only a layer of marketing. You know, it's not, uh, there's so much more to marketing, um, uh, than, than just the, the storytelling and the content creation. So, uh, but, but that was by, by not just going into the industry, um, uh, with, uh, too generalistic of a perspective and, and rather really fine tuning a specific skill set in the industry. Um, I was able to then later expand into a, a more general mm-hmm. uh, uh, management leadership type role. Mm-hmm. So I love that. Let's start with one of the basics um, because I think it is actually it's it seems really weird, but people still are confused. What the heck is marketing? Because so many people think it's sales. So what is marketing? Yeah, and when you said so many people think it's sales, you know, I think a lot of people think of uh, of it as like promotion. So when you right. look at like the four P's of marketing, mm-hmm. the product, the place, the price, the um, and the the promotion, so many people are thinking of it as as the uh, I guess the advertisements, the uh, the social media, you know, these kind of things. But there is a lot of strategic aspects that mm-hmm. go into marketing regarding uh, uh, what do consumers want. What what is out there as far as competitors? Where is there a gap? Where can you go in and and uh, uh, meet the need that is currently unmet uh, with a product, but also how you're delivering it, where you're delivering it, and at what price point? And so, um, yeah, I would say marketing is uh, uh, a lot of times people say, well, if I'm like launching a company or I'm launching a new product, even mm-hmm. I'm an established company, and uh, when when should I? work with marketing and and if if you just think it's sales then you're probably going to wait till you've got mm-hmm. the product right. and everything and you're just going out to try to mm-hmm. 
to create the sales. But really marketing, I would say, begins at the very beginning right. um, and, and it never quite ends. So mm-hmm. uh, because even after the sale, you're working on loyalty and, mm-hmm. and bringing uh, referrals and different things like that and reviews and, and whatnot. So um, I, uh, yeah, I would say marketing is inter- uh, intertwined with every other department, every um, step of the uh, uh, consumer interaction mm-hmm. with, with the company. And, and that's also another thing is because marketing crosses over all the different, um, uh, I guess, touch points of with the company is this understanding that consumers don't look at a company uh, in departments or silos. Mm-hmm. They look at it as one experience right. with the company. And so, um, yeah, that, that I mean, that, try to be, make it quick and easy on that if somewhat, but uh, but that's how I would describe mm-hmm. marketing. Right. You know, and, and to me, like you said, it's at the very start because it's, it is part of determining, is there a demand for what it is that you want to sell? Um, you know, because we all think, oh, we've got the greatest idea in the world. Well, that could be. But if nobody wants to pay us money for it, then, you know, it's it's not going to work. So marketing needs to be involved at that in the very start. You know, is there a demand? Can you produce it and provide it? at a price point that people could buy it. Um, you know, and that's that's one of the other things people are like, oh, this is really fantastic, but it costs so much to produce that you've priced it out of the market. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, and, and, and then of course, my big thing is who the heck are you selling it to? You know, I have so many people who I will say, who is your target audience? And they smile and they say, everyone. And it's like, no, you know, I don't think there's probably any product or service in the world, really, that is for every single person, um, you know, and 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 the, the problem is when you think you're selling to everyone, you're selling to no one. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, so, that's, that's mm-hmm. exactly right. Right. So how do you get people to focus on that part? How do you get them to figure out this is who is going to pay us? Yeah, well. Um, you know, number one, you can, you can take a product. Well, you you would maybe come up with like some personas, put yourself in the consumer's shoes and, and, Mm -hmm. and discover, um, what kind of customers you may have. And then also Mm -hmm. what kind of messaging or, Mm -hmm. um, unique product features and differentiation you could do, uh, to meet those consumers needs. So it may be even under one brand, but has, uh, some products that Mm -hmm. meet different, consumers needs, but not every product right. is for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, understanding, putting yourself in the consumer shoes. I think, you know, I've been talking a lot about AI and, uh, personalization lately. Mm-hmm. And so I think, uh, you know, the world of marketing is really moving more and more to a mm-hmm. one, a one-to-one, um, mm-hmm. uh, type of interaction. So right. really trying to not just even group people into a, a persona uh, per se, but, but rather um, making it personalized mm-hmm. for the individual's uh, specific data points right. on them and everything. But um, with all that to say, I, I think you really got to look at um, uh, number one. Uh, I, I like to think of aggregate demand versus residual mm-hmm. demand. And so um, the aggregate demand, what's the the total amount of uh, demand for this product okay. service in the market mm-hmm. residual demand after the, um, competitors and, and current uh, market share that's already mm-hmm. been taken, how much remaining uh, demand may be there. Okay. And and this is a, a way you can kind of uh, decide where mm-hmm. to pinpoint to, mm-hmm. to 
focus on. Right. Yeah, because on some of those, you know, especially something like residual demand, uh, and and I was reading some of your information, it could be that there is somebody who has such a corner on the market that, you know, there's there's not a lot of residual demand. Um, and uh, you know, I live in the world of Coca-Cola, right? I'm in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And you do not say the word Pepsi here. I, you know, and, and, and it's really funny because of course there are places that sell it. And, uh, but yeah, I mean, Pepsi just really doesn't exist here. And, you know, because it is, it's, it's Coca-Cola and, and that is how you, you say Coke. I mean, you know, that's just, and you might, uh, you know, say, say different things, but, but the, the cool thing is if you can figure out what that leftover is and reach them you've got a perfect audience. Yeah. Well, and you got to find out why, uh, why is there leftover right. too? What, so what's, and that goes back to your product planning and, mm-hmm. and understanding um, what, what's not being met, but, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, the aggregate demand is a good uh, macro level mm-hmm. um, <laughs> metric to understand in the long term mm-hmm. what kind of market is there for mm-hmm. this product or service. But the residual demand, uh, the leftover the demand, the demand you can go in and, and take without um, necessarily uh, taking market share from somebody else, uh, is is that's a more tactical, mm-hmm. uh, immediate, short term type of thing. And if you'd like, I mean, I happy to give a, a few kind of examples. Oh, definitely. Here as well. mm-hmm. Right, that'd be perfect because people, you know, people are like, "This sounds <laughs> good," but so yeah, specific examples would be fabulous. Well, I I have uh, I have two. So one is um, a bit of a hypothetical that I think people can relate to in today's world, uh, and then I have one that is that from an actual study with real okay. data and everything. So, I guess in this this first hypothetical one, um, and and again, don't have the data, but I could intuitively maybe uh, think that this is a possibility, mm-hmm. and, and somebody could go examine if this is the case or not if they're entering the electric vehicle market. So okay. let's say that the um, you know, maybe the uh, it, it is possible for aggregate demand to be increasing, but residual demand to be decreasing. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is that, um, uh, you know, the 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 global or the the regional demand mm-hmm. for EVs mm-hmm. uh, is probably increasing. I mean, year right. year, As um, it's just the, one of those things that is a growing market. That's right. Mm-hmm. But the but it is possible. And again, I don't. Th- this is this is just. Uh, uh, I guess a hypothesis that mm-hmm. maybe po- uh, residual demand could be shrinking, and what mm-hmm. I mean by that is, um, <clears throat> you know, if there's too many uh, uh, companies entering the electric vehicle market faster than the aggregate demand mm-hmm. is growing, right. then the residual demand it's going to become saturated with competition, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and what I mean that's going to be good for uh, consumers with driving down the price. Mm-hmm. And, improving innovation and everything but what that's going to do is uh, you know if if uh now it's not just tesla but you you got nissan and ford and chevy and everybody else entering the ev market mm-hmm. then um the the aggregate demand may not be growing enough to sustain mm-hmm. all those um uh entries so uh that's that's an example where it's possible that um the aggregate demands growing but residual demands mm-hmm. uh Shrinking, but one other example, <clears throat> which is what I said is a, a, a tr- I mean, a true example with, mm-hmm. with data behind it. 
there was a, a, a guy, an author named Yuri uh, Simonson in 2010 wrote a uh, article about eBay auctions. Um, mm-hmm. He took data from 2002 mm-hmm. and <clears throat> what he found was, you know, the most auction or the most buyers bought between five to 9 PM makes sense. Mm-hmm. Most people are um, uh, off work and, you know, right. they, they may be buying and, mm-hmm. And there was a lot of uh, relation to the fact that um, when more people are bidding, um, well, a lot of the bids come in in the last hour or so. Let's okay. Say. On on back when you mm-hmm. you got to think back in in eBay time, mm-hmm. uh, not not just so much like Amazon mm-hmm. straight buy now. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, uh, what that meant was it was all the the books that were telling people how to sell on eBay, how to, mm-hmm. to make the most money on eBay. We're saying um, sell between five to nine p.m. That's the time the most buyers right. are coming. Mm-hmm. What they found, though, is that the amount of sellers who would end their auctions between 5 to 9 p.m. increased gr- at a greater rate than uh, the number of buyers that were, were uh, buying between mm-hmm. 5 to 9 p.m. So actually, um, while there was more aggregate demand, a seller would have had a better chance um, to complete the sale or get a bid of, mm-hmm. of any sort uh, outside of those 5 right. to 9 hours. There's kind of less also- clutter. Less clutter, and they would have. They would have also uh, had a bet. They, they statistically, I mean, they were selling at a higher, um, mm-hmm. uh, a higher price point. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I think this is a concept where um, a lot of times people are attracted to the shiny object or the the current trend of mm-hmm. of and and everybody goes. But when too many people go at once, um, uh, it can become saturated right. and. Yeah, there's actually one more reversed uh, aggregate demand versus residual demand mm-hmm. option. Um, it, it completely a reverse situation, mm-hmm. which is kind of interesting. That if you don't mind, I'd touch sure. You. Oh, that'd be great. Mm-hmm. So there's a company in Austin, Texas, that um, uh, the the land phone lines. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's a dying industry. Mm-hmm. The aggregate demand is declining. Mm-hmm. Not a, not the the opposite of the EV, mm-hmm. EV market. The aggregate demand right. declining for because yeah, we lines. all have smartphones. Yeah, but the big players, AT and T, mm-hmm. Verizon, or their local communications, mm-hmm. a lot of them withdrew from the landline market, mm-hmm. and they withdrew too fast to where there became. A residual demand, right? And this people company still knows, wanted the landline, especially when like electric goes out or there's right. a tornado mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. In, in business. So the fact was, it may have previously had no residual demand, but now so many people have exited the market so quick mm-hmm. that there actually was created a residual demand, right. and they understand that the aggregate mm-hmm. demand is going to continue to decrease, mm-hmm. but the residual demand mm-hmm. uh, that they're going to ride that wave down, right? So, you know, I love that. And th- and that's a, a great example because, yeah, I mean, you know, we just ask our friends, how many of you still have a landline? And a good portion are going to say no. Now, I have one sitting right here next to me, partially because it's also attached to a fax machine, which I use every once in a while. I mean, you know, maybe once every six months. But when I need it, I need it. Um, you know, and but but yeah, you know, when we have like, say, major storms or power outages or things like that, 
your landline is what is still going to work. Uh, you know, and 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 I think people forget that until there's a situation where they need them. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine, I mean, haven't quite thought about what other uh you know, where there may be that gap there or mm-hmm. that, but, but is like, I would imagine there's other industries that people have exited too soon. Mm-hmm. And there's still something to milk out of that right. industry uh, as long as somebody's there to serve. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and of course the, the funny part is a lot of times whoever is there still to serve them might not be doing a good job, but if they're the only one, then, you know, you're like, oh, okay, I guess that's who we're going to go with. That's right. Yeah. You know, and, and which, you know, that's always, you know, because it's funny, we always think that, hey, we want to provide the best product, the best service, but we also want to make money. And, you know, and, and so it's kind of one of those things where it's like, yeah, you know, we, we, we really, if we're the only one playing, we don't have to be good at customer service or whatever, you know, they're, they're stuck with us. Um, I think we see that like with, uh, say restaurants where they might be the only one in a neighborhood. Where, you know, if you want to eat out, you're going to go to Moe's, and you know Moe's can give you bad customer service, bad food. But if they're the only restaurant, you're you're still probably going to go there. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I guess it's it kind of goes back to the supply demand, mm-hmm. but this is another facet of way mm-hmm. to look at it. But that also goes into there's a variety of theories about competition, how right. you know co- a, a, a tournament type mm-hmm. theory of where you're competing that um, is going to create uh, mm-hmm. a, a better. Uh, mm-hmm. a, you're going to have right. to perform better. Mm-hmm. So there is a, a good um, there is a benefit for, for right. having competition for the oh, consumer, yeah. mm-hmm. maybe for the individual company. Mm-hmm. Um, they're better off not having right. uh, so much competition. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, in, in the, the example that I gave with the restaurant, I mean, if somebody were to come in and provide just a little bit better service, then, you know, they're, they're going to get more. Um, I heard something and it hasn't been that long ago where so many companies are fine with being average, you know, whatever we are providing average service and average product because, you know, that's that in many cases is the the less expensive thing to produce. I mean, it it costs more to produce a Rolls Royce than it does to produce a Ford now, you know, and, and so that's why you, you have more of the average, but the opportunity then is for that Rolls Royce, or maybe you're not quite the Rolls Royce, maybe you're the Lexus, right? Um, So you're, you're doing just above average, but you're really going to to have demand for the product or service. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, that goes back to when you, when you're strategically planning what kind of product or what market mm-hmm. to enter, a lot of times that you can make a, uh, a chart with like a, a bit of a cross there right. where, mm-hmm. um, y- you know, there's four quadrants and, mm-hmm. and, and you can't quite be again, everything, right. to everyone, uh-huh. but where map out where your mm-hmm. competitors are, and map out maybe where you can mm-hmm. be that's uh, a little bit different mm-hmm. from the cluster of competitors. Right. So. You know, and in many cases, the product is exactly the same. You know, I tell people, you know, long gone are the days where we had something truly unique. Um, and so it's the other things that go along with it that differentiate. Maybe it is the customer service. It could be a price point. I mean, there is a reason why Walmart is, you know, is the king of what they do. But, um, you know, it's... And so it's it's finding that, you know, what is that kind of little extra that you can do to to set yourself apart? And and that comes back to marketing, you know, to figure out 
What is that little difference that is going to, to, to set us apart where more people are going to want to work with us? That's right. Yeah. And I, I think, um, I think it was Elon Musk who said that there's uh, he, he believes or predicts that at some point everybody will be able to afford everything. Like it's just going to be. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and so it's as kind a of result, Star Trek, but that's all right. I like Star Trek. <laughs> so so let's just say, though, that the 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 difference, though, is the experience right. or the branding, mm-hmm. the branding that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess the experience, mm-hmm. the, the the feeling, the prestige of, mm-hmm. of a product doesn't mean you mm-hmm. that uh, you can't afford it this person can't afford a t-shirt and this person mm-hmm. can't afford a t-shirt, but why is one t-shirt $5 and one t-shirts uh, $200? Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, but, it, but the prestige, the branding, the experience mm-hmm. that goes around it. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I guess, uh, I mean, yeah, you, you hit it on that, that, that there's not a mm-hmm. whole lot different necessarily with products, but it's, it's more um, how maybe you, understand the consumer's mindset mm-hmm. and um and appeal or make the consumer uh relate right. in a way that you want mm-hmm. them to relate and come to the consumer mm-hmm. mindset that you want them to be in right you know it's it's interesting as you know as we're recording this it's prior to the super bowl and it will air after the super bowl and you know but i was looking at some things i mean clearly there's always the commercials um you know which those you know, they the, the, long gone are the days where they debuted at the Super Bowl. I mean, a lot of them are already out there. But, you know, that was always something that, that you know, especially when it was a commercial for something and you thought, I'm not sure what product they were selling, right? Because they were into like the, the herding cats is always one of my favorite ones where, you know, you had the, you know, the horses, the herding cats, right? and you know, and people, they thought it was great. This, I mean, it's been probably 20 years ago since that commercial was on. Most people, even then, could not tell you what company it was for. And the, and it didn't pertain to what they did at all, but it got your attention. And that is part of what marketing does. But when you didn't know what the product or service was, you know, it, it meant nothing. Yeah. Um, you know, we know when we see a Clydesdale that it is for Budweiser. They don't have to show the beer. They don't have to show anything like that. We just know it is, you know, it's, it's a a Budweiser commercial. Um, And it's, it's been interesting to see kind of, you know, what they've, they've been talking about, but then you talk about supply and demand and, and an article that I was reading today was talking about ticket prices. Now, you know, I don't care about either team. So, you know, that's, that's kind of thing, but, but they were saying that the ticket prices are so expensive that like Travis Kelce's mom will not be in a box. She will not be in a box next to the lovely, talented Taylor Swift because she can't afford that ticket price. Now you would think that maybe Taylor would pay for the ticket for her, which might happen. But, you know, that always baffles me when somebody says, you know, hey, the ticket price is a quarter of a million dollars. Now, clearly they know that people are going to pay that or they wouldn't offer it. I mean, you know, you're not going to price yourself out of the the thing, but it's so pricing is always, that's one of the hard things to figure out. I mean, you know, it's, you know, it's uh, even sometimes, uh, you know, obviously it depends on what the the product or the service is. A a minute amount makes a big difference, Um, you know, and, 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 and so that's, you know, but that's part of that's marketing working with sales. So talk to us more about how we figure out what the heck pricing is. Yeah, well, uh, going back to the AI concept, I think uh, 
machines can can as long as you're putting in the right data points uh right. can help help predict or forecast mm-hmm. what that pricing should be and then you can make adjustments from there so there's a lot of um possibly maximizing or optimizing uh of pricing that that ai can help with mm-hmm. um uh and then when you said the small amounts yeah i mean there's definitely concepts on on precision pricing mm-hmm. and the fact that um that uh you know if you if it, it yeah those slight differences in in what the consumer may think mm-hmm. um all that has to be a really well thought out price that really mm-hmm. must be be worth right. worth the price that you're, mm-hmm. you're you're putting on there so um yeah and then there's dynamic pricing right mm-hmm. so i guess like uh airlines and that kind of thing uh th- you know that you change your pricing based on how much demand's left right. how much demand. time mm-hmm. their mm-hmm. their projection of of uh what's the the probability or likelihood that it's going to be filled or or left empty and mm-hmm. um you know really interesting this is also I, I guess you could say star trekky but i was watching the other night um uh jimmy kimmel making a joke about uh uh dynamic pricing at restaurants okay. and so uh i've never seen this i don't mm-hmm. necessarily think it exists but uh but the concept was like what if uber pricing you know uber's or lyft is a dynamic pricing right. change yeah it costs versus- more sometimes depending on when and where and all that good stuff yeah. So, so what if, what if, uh, at the restaurant, um, it costs, uh, you know, between five to, or let's say between mm-hmm. six to 8 PM to sit down and eat at that restaurant, it was more expensive than if you went between, uh, three to three right. to five, which mm-hmm. I guess you kind of have with the happy hour already, mm-hmm. but, mm-hmm. but, but the point being that like the menu prices change, but mm-hmm. then not just that the menu prices change, but let's say everybody's ordering a certain salmon or a mm-hmm. steak or something. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so that as, as the orders are coming in, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the pricing's changing too. So mm-hmm. it's like, a, basically mm-hmm. like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I get a, a very interesting concept that right. I, I don't think will, will quite come to fruition. But the, the point is that, um, in some of these cases, it goes back to that residual versus aggregate mm-hmm. demand, because if everybody's ordering the steak and actually you mm-hmm. may ask what's the least popular item on this uh, menu? Because I want to go for that. Right. We're going to push the, the salmon price. today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it helps bit, but that kind of concept also the aggregate versus residual demand helps uh, companies, uh, I guess with their planning of supply mm-hmm. chain and helps mm-hmm. them uh, kind of like le- it levels everything mm-hmm. out. So, right. yeah. Well, and I mean, that's why we see say in a restaurant, the specials of the day, you know, they might've got a better price on, the salmon. So they bought more, um, you know, and, and things like that. Uh, you know, years ago I worked for a marketing agency and the, the founder of the firm, I remember he always said, charge what the market will bear. And which is absolutely right. Uh, you know, and, and, and it was so interesting because we never, now this was 30 years ago. Um, you know, we did not have any pricing on our website. For, and it was a marketing agency. We nowhere did it have pricing. Um, you know, and, and granted, I mean, that was pretty much the early days of, of doing stuff like that. But yeah, he, you met with somebody before you determined what the price was. And his concept was, you know, say we're developing a marketing plan for somebody. That was what the product was. Attorneys and doctors are going to expect to pay more just because they charge more than, say, a nonprofit. 
And so his big thing, even back then, was to have flexible pricing. Um, you know, and and I know that's a challenge, and obviously it depends on what you're doing. You know, because if you if you're too flexible, you might run out of your product or service or or whatever. Um, and and then I also have the discussion with people where you know if if I've offered it for ten dollars to this person and a hundred dollars to this person, mm. and the two talk to each other, they're both annoyed, right? <laughs> you know, um, well, not. J- I mean that, but also you got to be careful of like. Uh, discriminant pricing, right? Uh, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, mm-hmm. putting, putting any one certain, um, uh, uh c- customer category right. group, uh-huh. uh, mm-hmm. just treating them unfairly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. right. You know, and, and, you know, I, one of the things that I talk to people about is the discount pricing. Now, I mean, sometimes you, you do discount pricing to get rid of stuff. I mean, all sorts of things, but, you know, we have so many people who, you know, we'll say, okay, we've got a slow period. So we're going to offer, you know, half off or a special deal or whatever it is. But then they expect that the next time, you know, well, hey, I only paid a hundred dollars. I'm not going to pay 500. I'm, you know, and, and more importantly, they talk to each other, you know, and, and so then you do have the people who paid more who get annoyed. So I always tell people, you know, really think about if you're going to do discount pricing, because it can come back and bite you pretty easily. Yeah. I, I actually was having a discussion with some people who uh, bought a Tesla recently mm-hmm. and before they, they did a discount mm-hmm. and they were upset, said they yeah. weren't going to buy again because, uh, you know, the, the, the brand had usually right. held its value, but mm-hmm. when they immediately discount um, uh, the new price, now mm-hmm. it's, it brings all the other prices mm-hmm. down and, and they felt so, so yes, I think one way to get around that is is um, possibly uh, the way I guess some some stores do, which is like a thirty day um, price match mm-hmm. or or price right. adjustment. It's mm-hmm. called price adjustment. Mm-hmm. So, um, but but there certainly is going to still be a cutoff point. Mm-hmm. So you may make people happy that you've given them a thirty day guarantee. Mm-hmm. If we lower our price, it's gonna we'll adjust it back mm-hmm. down to you. But um, uh, but but what happens on day 31, you know? Right. So there's yeah. always a cutoff mm-hmm. point of some, some way. Well, and I always wonder, you know, like I watch a lot of late night TV and it will say, you know, the first hundred people who order this, you know, get whatever. And, and so it's okay. So if you're 101 and you tell them, I'm not going to buy it unless I get that, then they'll probably give it to you. But what is the point where they stop? Now they might always do it. I mean, that just might be their way to to, to get calls. And they're gonna you you're you're so special. I'm gonna give you that discount. Um, you know, and, and so that it's really not a discount, it's the real price, uh, because that was was what they figured. And and so yeah, pricing, I mean, it is, it is so tricky to get it right. And another way on on that, because it is, it is uh what's the big difference between this number and one more, you mm-hmm. know, that, that right. is, it's, it's a, it's a problem at these mm-hmm. cutoff points. So you could always step down or tear mm-hmm. down and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it starts at uh, uh, the first, the first hundred people get it for a hundred, the next mm-hmm. hundred people get it for 125, mm-hmm. the next hundred people get right. it for 150 mm-hmm. and, and, or, or reverse that. But mm-hmm. anyway, the point is that, um, if you tear it down, you may, mm-hmm. it, it may, um, also e- ease off the, uh, the edge of, of upsetting people mm-hmm. too. So. Right. Yeah. Because of course the thing that so many people in, in forget in marketing is that part of what we're dealing with marketing is the perception, you know, are people thinking we're being ripped off or who, Hey, I got a deal. 
Um, you know, is it worth what I'm paying? All of those various things. And, and that's one of marketing's biggest things that, that they're dealing with is what is the perception that they're, that is being put out there? Yeah, absolutely. I, I perception's key. And, uh, mm-hmm. if you make somebody that, that goes back to the concept that if everybody can have everything, then what's the difference? It's, right. I guess, people's perception, mm-hmm. their experience, mm-hmm. making them feel, uh, content and happy mm-hmm. and excited about what, what mm-hmm. the, what they're getting from you. So, right. You know, and, and, you know, talking about Super Bowl commercials, you know, the, the, I was listening to something on the, the radio the other day and they were talking again about Budweiser and the fact that, you know, you've always got your core Budweiser people that love the Clydesdales. Now I might not ever buy Bud, but I like the Clydesdales, but they really had what, you know, many people would say was the major misstep with targeting their Bud Light commercial with an LGBTQ person. You know, it was a person who has a lot of influence. So I'm sure they were thinking this person has a lot of influence, but there was such a mismatch between who normally bought Bud Light, which are kind of your blue collar guys, right? And and mm-hmm. and and they just never understood. And so they said, you know, now what they've had to do for months now is damage control. And to me, that's the yeah. worst type of marketing we need to be doing. Yeah, that couple comments on that one. Um, you do need to understand your base, mm-hmm. and um, and you can move. Uh, you can move your base, but right. you should do it in increments. You mm-hmm. shouldn't just uh, go. Yeah, I think that was what it was here. like. Oh my you gosh, go, we went from this extreme to that extreme. Yeah, you can go from here to here, mm-hmm. but not here to here. And then you, once you're here, you can go to you know mm-hmm. and, and and keep moving your base. Mm-hmm. There is the value that um, if if you think society's uh, way of thinking is changing, that mm-hmm. um, it it can potentially be better to get right. in front of the consumer. Yeah, you're going to be the first will to do something be, mm-hmm. because you'll be on the right side of history in that right. case. But mm-hmm. again, you don't want to be. Um, uh, yeah, so, so I mean, you don't want to be twenty years ahead. You want to be one year ahead, two mm-hmm. years ahead. You know, right. so the customer keeps following you. Um, the other, the other. Uh, uh, thing that I think they did wrong there was um, they, you know, they they put it out there and then they just fully retracted it, and so right. it, was, it was like a major yeah. There was never an explanation, in. you know. It was oops. <laughs> well, it was so. So then you're 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 defending both sides. I mean, mm-hmm. because you you did it, but then you just take it back. So the point mm-hmm. is that um, if you decide you're going to do something, you also kind of need to to hold your ground right. and, and mm-hmm. stick with it, and not just when the the heat mm-hmm. turns up. Uh, drop it and mm-hmm. everything. So you, it, it was a very confusing thing. But mm-hmm. um, the uh, uh, it'll be interesting to see what what they do um, if they. I haven't kept up with if whether or not they have a Super Bowl ad this year. But if they do and what that looks like. But I know on the Clydesdale stuff, one thing that I'll say is um, is is this another concept of marketing when you when you're tying a certain uh, uh, I guess item it, in this case an animal but mm-hmm. that you, that you would see out in the, the world somewhere else and mm-hmm. i'm not saying you see clydesdale everywhere but you, you see horses different mm-hmm. things. so there's a potential that when you see that um uh, in your daily you know or not day depending where you live but in your daily life or wherever mm-hmm. um it it, it it, there's a schema there that like, right. remember it, it can, you reconnect mm-hmm. whatever you're seeing out in the world back with that brand and so it's a mm-hmm. uh, uh, like the um 
the Affleck duck. If you see a duck somewhere, mm-hmm. maybe you'll think of the Affleck. It, duck. You do, right? You see a duck and you go Affleck. Right? <laughs> yeah. So, so there's a value to to mm-hmm. um, tying your your brand to uh, items that mm-hmm. are continually reoccurring out in the, the mm-hmm. real world too. So. Right. So you know that's great if you're a big company with a big budget. Yeah. What about the small guys that are just trying to kind of make it? Yeah, I think the well, the small guys, you got to be really ingrained in your community and you got to okay. be um, uh, really under try to distinguish yourself that you are locally, uh, locally owned. Okay. You've got local knowledge, mm-hmm. things that are different than what a corporation who um, uh, they try to do. You could make the argument try to do everything the same way for everyone and, and okay, well, what works mm-hmm. in Atlanta may not work in San Diego mm-hmm. or, right. you know, and so you, you, you may say, um, Hey, we're, we're locally owned. We mm-hmm. we've got a deep, we're deeply ingrained in the community. Mm-hmm. We give back to this community. Um, and, uh, whereas the, the corporations here to extract from this community. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I think those are kind of, uh, uh, arguments you can make mm-hmm. in your messaging as a small to, to uh, medium-sized right. company in a local right. region. Yeah. And it's interesting because we're seeing that more and more with millennials. You know, they're wanting to know that they're working with companies that make a difference and really it's, you know, or buying from them, you know, whatever it is. And, and it's funny because it doesn't seem to matter what the size is, but they want to know that that company is not just in it, for the money, um, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and it's funny because people fuss about, you know, millennials. I'm like, well, y'all raised them. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know, it's, what did you expect? But I think that is something that more and more, you know, we really are seeing people go, yeah, but what have you done for your community? Or, or more importantly, you know, did you do something wrong for your community? Yeah. Well, I think um, that that goes where a lot of millennials, uh, you know, we've. I'm a millennial, so I, I guess you'd have a, um, you'd have you'd have a a kind of your basic needs mm-hmm. met. Now you can start thinking about right. the other things, mm-hmm. um, and 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 I ultimately, I guess that's a good thing that you can think about uh, f- further things mm-hmm. than just meeting the basic needs. Right. But but mm-hmm. what with that being said. Um, uh, there's a lot of concept out there, corporate social responsibility and different things that mm-hmm. companies uh, need to be moving the world forward mm-hmm. and not just um, extracting from mm-hmm. the world. But what I'll say is, uh, you know, you're as a, as a marketer within a company, your, your, um, at least your legal obligation mm-hmm. and your, your primary mm-hmm. uh, obligation is to um, create wealth for the shareholders and, right. and things like mm-hmm. that. And so if that's the case, uh, engaging in these corporate social uh, responsibilities mm-hmm. and things. Well, the way I look at it is if it uh, creates more revenue because that's what your customer mm-hmm. cares about, then um, I mean, you're not, you're still, yes, there's an ethical perspective mm-hmm. of that you should do it because that's good for the world or this right. or that. Not just because also, you think you're going to make more sales. Mm-hmm. But, but you need to be thinking mm-hmm. if I also do this and it can be all good and it's ultimately, mm-hmm. I guess, good that that's what consumers are wanting. But Mm -hmm. if I do this, uh, I'm meeting the needs of the Mm -hmm. consumers, which will ultimately generate more sales. Mm -hmm. So it it is, it goes back to, I guess, the, the consumers should be holding the companies responsible, Mm -hmm. not the companies holding 
mm-hmm. themselves responsible. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing that more and more mm-hmm. now. And, 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 and yeah, I think it's good. Right. You know, and it doesn't matter how big your business is. I mean, you can do things, uh, you know, maybe you are a fairly, you know, a, a small one person business. Well, then, you know, you come up with 500 bucks and you sponsor a kid's softball team. You know, so then your your name is on the back of every one of their shirts, uh, you know, and and or you serve on boards, um, you know, mm-hmm. whether it's your chamber, your church, whatever it is, you know, and you always make sure that they know not just your name, but your company name, um, because that's that's the important thing. But, you know, it's and and to me, when a small company makes those efforts, it means more than the big company who just writes the check. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and I mean, you look at like the, the sponsorships of, you know, whatever it is, football stadium, um, you know, you know, all those, it's like, yeah, they didn't care. They just wrote the check. They just wanted to know that their name was going to be up there in big lights, uh, you know, and, and, you know, did they do any research and the small business had to research it. They had to know, okay, this is, you know, this, this is, you know, my sales reps, son's softball team. So it's really important to everybody here, uh, you know, and, and, and so then to me, it just means more when, when you know yeah. that they have thought about it. Yeah. I think that's, this goes back into to being truly invested beyond the dollar being invested in the community. Mm-hmm. And, and I, there's a, I guess a kind of making me think of a lot of things about authenticity and, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and just really being uh, genuine right. uh, in your brand and mm-hmm. stuff because consumers can see through it. If, mm-hmm. uh, you know, if you're, not Oh yeah, we're it. smart people. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of things that are, uh, not easily explainable, but more easily understandable. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's where the the consumers are mm-hmm. now is uh, they may not be able to explain or or describe exactly mm-hmm. what a company is doing, but they'll be able to expl- mm-hmm. they'll be able to feel it's it, I guess it goes back to the feeling, the perception, mm-hmm. that kind right. of thing. And and sometimes feelings and perceptions are not actually uh, right. mm-hmm. uh, true or accurate mm-hmm. either. But um, but nevertheless, that might be the most important mm-hmm. thing to the consumer decision making. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. You know, and, and again, it's, you know, it's easy on some of these. Um, years ago, I worked for a, a very large insurance company, um, life insurance. And one of the absolute most popular things that we did was our employees were math tutors at, at the local, you know, the, the closest middle school to us. And I mean, that, and, and it was understood that if you were one of those people, you got a two hour block. And and your boss did not mess with that two hour block, um, you know, and and but and we had I mean, people, they said that was why they worked there, you know, because they knew that we were, you know, it was it was important to the community. There was zero money investment for us. You know, it was, you know, and, and now obviously there was a time investment because we were losing two hours of that person's time. But it was just one of those things that made you feel good, you know, and, and, yeah. and these people knew, you know, all the employees that did it, not everybody did. I mean, you couldn't, there's just, you know, it was a big company and the school wasn't that big, mm-hmm. but for those who did it, they loved it. I mean, and they did it year after year. And more importantly, they bonded with those kids. I mean, they knew when they graduated from college and, you know, all sorts of stuff. And again, it was a simple thing to do, but it made a huge yeah. difference. Yeah, you're hitting on a lot of topics that I, I love to talk about. And you could pretty much do a podcast on many of these topics, mm-hmm. a full hour on, right. on a lot of these mm-hmm. topics. So mm-hmm. we're we're going 
uh, an inch. We're doing the thirty-five thousand foot level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But but um, but that is that is very interesting because uh, yes, you're right. You know when you when you um, uh, maybe ask for a certain donation at mm-hmm. the checkout and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have mixed feelings because number one, sometimes it can be annoying to the consumer and different mm-hmm. things, or they right. they don't want to feel obligated. But the point is for the cashier, maybe they really feel that they're contributing mm-hmm. to something, right. a cause that they're really doing. And it helps retain your employees, mm-hmm. helps keep your employees motivated, mm-hmm. helps keep excitement. Um, and so, yeah, taking, taking what otherwise may be um, possibly a, a lack of excitement of a, of a job or a company, but adding something that mm-hmm. makes people feel uh, right. better about what they're mm-hmm. doing and really give a purpose to what mm-hmm. they're doing. I think uh, there's a lot of value. Mm-hmm. In that. Right. So let's talk about kind of the, the opposite of this, the fads. You know, what about when a company goes, woo, this is really cool. We're going to do, you know, it's kind of the, the squirrel syndrome, right? How do we decide Okay, this is something we're going to put time and investment into, or you know what, this is really just a fad and we're not going to go there. Yeah, I think a couple of different things. One, uh, in a way, you have to you have to engage with fads, or otherwise mm-hmm. you're not cool, or you're not on the mm-hmm. the uh, you're just not current and modern. At the same time, you need if you can understand what probably is a fad versus what is a uh, a sustainable long right. um, mm-hmm. a long term uh, uh, thing is is going to enable you to understand. Uh, it's better to set set the expectations. You know that this may be very popular right mm-hmm. now, but it's going to wear it's going to wear out over mm-hmm. time. And so, um, if you set those expectations, mm-hmm. you could probably cut investment at a certain point in time because there's probably a lag there of of you've invested time and energy or money into it. And, uh, but at some point you should cut it off before it, it wears out and mm-hmm. before it starts to, to fall off. So I think you need to engage with fads. You need to engage with trends, um, to just stay current. Uh, mm-hmm. but it, it can be, a it can be a time suck too, because, um, you're always chasing the next thing. Right. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, one of, one of the ones that I always think is that one of the strangest, silliest, stupidest things, and this is, probably a little before your time are pet rocks. I mean, people spent, I'm, I'm, so I just brought it up here, brought up their, their Wikipedia page. It was a box and it had holes in it. Like it had a real pet in there and it had a rock in it. And people, I, I know what these yeah, are. people spent more than four bucks for these things. And these people who came up with this really stupid idea became millionaires. Um, now it really was a fad that went away very quickly. Uh, but you know, it was just, I, I remember thinking you're buying a rock, you know, can't I just go out to my yard and get the rock and, and all this, but it was it. And, and I think maybe part of it was, it was just so silly and so stupid. Um, but, but yeah, it was, you know, but we see, that uh we and and it's it always is kind of um interesting to me how something like that catches on and then of course it really did fade i mean it was you know we, less than a year probably that that this thing happened but but you know do you want to be the company that does that or do you want to be kind of the second who who comes in yeah well the interesting thing with what you're saying there is uh, goes into another whole topic of of packaging up and um mm-hmm. presentation of things right. you know you mm-hmm. may have put 
brought in a nice package and you may have told a nice story behind it with a mm-hmm. little card or something that told mm-hmm. that rock story. And, and yeah, it's again, uh, everybody could have a rock, mm-hmm. but, uh, but what, what was the story? What was the mm-hmm. experience? What was the feelings that right. kid invoked uh, around it? Um, and not just that, I mean, now I guess you, you've got, uh, social media groups or there's communities around, you right. know, like mm-hmm. communities around mm-hmm. a brand that you can feel part of mm-hmm. that community by, by, uh, having, uh, or being, I guess, owning a, a product of that mm-hmm. brand. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, but, but on the, whether you want to be first or whether you want to be second on that, uh, you know what, I, I, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really know. Cause I think that's mm-hmm. like such a, a quick fad that I don't necessarily mm-hmm. know you want to be second, but at the same time, um, uh, there is a concept that you have to, uh, sell an industry mm-hmm. to people first when they're unfamiliar with it. And mm-hmm. so in general, if you're first to market, you, you have a better chance of being, mm-hmm. um, possibly remembered right. like a, like Coke or mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. uh, 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 Kleenex or, mm-hmm. or, um, posted or, you right. know, like your, these your, are things that, your name becomes the the product kleenex would obviously be the biggest you know doesn't matter what that box says when you reach for it you're getting a kleenex you know you don't say a tissue it's a kleenex Mm -hmm. that's right yeah exactly so there could be uh and that doesn't mean that second or third or you know because i think i said google and google would not be the first it would have been american online Mm -hmm. or you know what yahoo or different things but but nevertheless um the uh, it increases possibly your chance mm-hmm. to become that name mm-hmm. of the item right. uh but but um but i think that is more uh, applicable if it's uh if it's going to be a long term thing mm-hmm. kleenexes aren't going away but the pep right. rock maybe in that case you see if it if it takes off mm-hmm. let them sell the industry mm-hmm. and if it does then maybe you hop in um and and uh see what you can mm-hmm. do in there so right you know and and it is interesting to think about being the first because, you know, like we said, there's really no unique things. And we say that and there were things like Pet Rock, uh, you know, and, and so it's, it, it, you know, it's, it's it, but again, that comes back to marketing. Where are the holes that people go to? Um, you know, uh, you know, I've, I've been doing marketing a very long time and, and we were always taught, you know, solve someone's pain. And I like to change that to how can we bring them pleasure? You know, because pain to me is just such a negative, obviously, thing. And so how can we how can we make them happy? How can we, you know, maybe we are solving a problem, but rather than taking away their pain, how are we making them happy? Yeah, I like that. Uh, another way I think of it, a lot of times companies tell you what they're selling you, but it's really what is the consumer buying Mm -hmm, from you. Mm -hmm. So there could be a disconnect Mm -hmm. there. What you're saying as a company that you're selling Mm -hmm. them may not be the same as what Mm -hmm. they say they're, they're buying from Mm -hmm. you. So in the pet rock example, um, you you may say I'm selling you a fun, uh, a story around this Mm -hmm. pet rock, this and that, but maybe the consumer is saying, um, they're thinking, uh, I'm lonely or something. I need something to, Mm -hmm. and so you got to think why, uh, that goes back to when we said at the beginning personas and things, you're trying to understand their motivations and, 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 um, but yeah, pain, I mean, 
these are all all ways that you can start to to brainstorm and come at it from different angles mm-hmm. of pain points and and needs and desires mm-hmm. wants and and also maybe things that they don't know they desire mm-hmm. or want yet. Right. I think it was Henry Ford who said that if he uh, if he had asked the consumer uh, what they want, they would have said a better horse or, or mm-hmm. a faster right. horse. They didn't. They had no concept car, that so. they needed a car. That's um, right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and and and. It it you know in marketing it does it comes back to looking at all of those other features, you know what are your what are the competitors doing, um you know and and where are they successful and where are they not I think that's you know that that kind of is back to that residual you know it, it, if you know if maybe maybe it is that they have priced something out of the range so you're going to come in at a lower price point uh you know or maybe a higher price point I mean you know it depends on on what's going on. But that's that is where marketing comes in is really analyzing the buyer trends, all of those various things. Absolutely. So what are things that you see? Because we don't have a ton of time left. Where do you see people making mistakes? Um spending in ineffective ways. Okay. Uh, or or putting it and that could be spending money, it could be spending energy and time. Um mm-hmm. but uh there, there's a major marketing is not great right now with its attribution of um in the integrated marketing perspective of mm-hmm. what's working, what's not working, mm-hmm. or even what you think is working mm-hmm. and what you think's not working, how they maybe have some type of synergetic effect mm-hmm. and working together. Um so uh, I don't have it. I mean, th- when you, you entered me and you talked about doing, um, some research that mm-hmm. could be changing and stuff, I'm actually, uh, in addition to all the clients that I'm consulting and different things like that. Um, I'm, I'm engaged in a, a, a doctor program at university of Florida where, <laughs> um, I'm, uh, researching a project of understanding mm-hmm. the different mixes of, uh, of marketing efforts mm-hmm. and what that actually does to the consumer mindset, which will by doing that help on that mm-hmm. attribution side. So I think mm-hmm. um, uh, just not understanding what's effective, what's mm-hmm. ineffective and um, yeah, that kind of thing. Right. You know, and, and, you know, we always have the, well, this is the way we've always done it problem, uh, you know, and, and, but, you know, the other thing that I always find very interesting is when budgets get cut, the marketing budget is almost always cut first. And to me, it's the, now I am a marketing person, but to me, it's the most important thing. Um, you know, yeah. we, we could cut other things, but if we're cutting how we, you know, what our products and services are and how we're, we're you know, then that's, that just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. Uh, you know, if marketing was better at, at, um, explaining we don't market ourselves right yeah yeah explaining being trackable these Mm -hmm. kind of things uh it 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 would help um Mm -hmm. the financial string pullers Mm -hmm. uh there continue to pump into marketing but Mm -hmm. also on that fact when there is downturn um there's a likelihood other competitors Mm -hmm. are also reducing Mm -hmm. their marketing and if you keep your marketing at the same level or possibly even increase marketing you're going to be better take Mm -hmm. over take over some market right. share for when it does pop back up. Mm-hmm. So, right. yeah. And, you know, and you mentioned the the financial, the, you know, the bean counters, it is, 
difficult sometimes to put a value on what marketing does. I mean, you know, the salespeople can say, we sold 1,000 of this, um, you know, and, and marketing is is kind of nebulous. So you have to show overall, you know, okay, you sold 1,000 of those, but you sold 1,000 of those because we gave you the right message to tell when you were selling those things. Yeah, uh, th- that's right. And there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, lag um, mm-hmm. that okay, you do this today. Mm-hmm. How that that carries over right. um, to to other periods. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, it, it, it's not an easy it's not mm-hmm. easy to do, and that's why it doesn't really exist in a uh, an accurate or proper way. Right. But um, uh, but that's that's where when you going back, what are people doing mm-hmm. wrong? I I just um, there's certainly a lot of room for improvement, mm-hmm. right? Well, oh my gosh, Brandon, we are almost at the top of the hour. So tell us more about what your company is, how people find you, and what are the services that you provide? Yes, I'm with marketingexec.us. And basically, uh, what we're doing is providing fractional chief marketing officer services. And and that comes in a a variety of perspectives. So it could be... um, Helped a lot of small to medium sized companies or venture capital backed companies or companies internationally who are, um, I think you said you have some international listeners. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've helped companies come in um, internationally who uh, have established companies overseas, mm-hmm. but they want to enter the US market, mm-hmm. um, help them launch here and, and things okay. like that. And, and uh, so on the fractional side, what that means is you're splitting your time across multiple clients. Right. You know, you're not you're a full time employee. That's right. And, and, uh, and, and the purpose I think is is more to um, make the business self-sustaining and and uh, so setting up their infrastructure setting up their strategies but then ultimately kind of um, enabling getting the wheels mm-hmm. turning so then they can ride on on their own right. and, um, and 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 so yeah so I've been helping uh, anywhere from small to medium-sized companies and even fortune 500 companies mm-hmm. and but you know in those cases they have an established mm-hmm. uh, department they're they're more looking for a consultation mm-hmm. type thing so um, right. yeah it just it varies but that's uh, been providing mm-hmm. uh, these fractional CMO services you can reach out to me um, on LinkedIn my my name is uh, notice that it's spelled b-r-a-n-d-e-n mm-hmm. uh, and then c-o-b-b-b as in boy um, or you can check out on marketingexec.us and uh, the other thing I would say too if you liked what you heard in today's podcast, um, you know, I've been on, I don't know, 30, 40 other podcasts uh, over the last year or two. And and there's, I try to make every podcast a bit different of topic. Mm-hmm. So if you go on, um, you, you can listen to some others. Right. You've got a media page. Yeah. So yeah. lots of other great information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. Well, Brandon, this has been, you know, a, a great discussion. Like I said, you know, I'm a marketing person. So anytime I get to talk about this to me, it's, it's, it's really fun. Do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Well, uh, you know, when we're talking about what what are marketers doing wrong or where is marketing going in the future and things, I would just say uh, marketing is an art and a science, but it's shifting more towards becoming a science. Um, More and more of marketing is being able to be explained why this causes this. And um, we got a long way to go, but uh, but I, I would just I would I would anticipate and watch for that that more of the explanation of of why things are happening uh, is going to continue to be um, able to be explained. I love it. 
So much fun. And I've had a wonderful time chatting with you. This has been so great. I'm Deb Creer. I've been speaking with Brandon Cobb, and that's B-R-A-N-D-E-N. Um, and until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.